Hi, and welcome to Second Rate Film School. I'm Andrew. I'm Jake. You know what I just watched this weekend? Uh, the Ninth Gate. The Roman nice. Polanski film. <laughs> All right. I watched it with a, uh, it was a double feature with the movie Head Office starring Judge Reinhold. Oh, really? I've never seen that one. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really good. It's pretty funny stuff. Which one did you like better? Well, you know, I'm a real sucker for a Wallace Shawn film. Hmm. I mean, did he get all? with his assistant at the end? Well, you know what the weird thing is about that movie is that I, uh, you got Rick Moranis, Wallace Shawn, and Danny DeVito all in that movie, and uh, they all get killed in the first 15 minutes. Spoilers, I guess, for Head Office. Oh, my God. Andrew, make sure you put that in, like, the title. <laughs> Gooby doing the Alien Invaders. Spoilers for Head Office, starring Judge Reinhold. Yeah. Well, that is Jacob what? said. We're doing um, Scooby Doo and the Alien Invaders. Well, wait, when was Head Office made? Because Judge Reinhold, you <laughs> well, don't hold see on. many movies. Let's get back on track here. So, The Ninth Gate, really cool movie. Um, especially like the part where uh, Frank Langella catches on fire. Oh, God. Spoilers for The Ninth Gate, also. Okay, just include that in the title, too. <laughs> oh, God, no. You're spoiling everything. So, um, yeah, Ninth Gate. Um, Wait, hold on. Which one did you like better? <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for, like, a, you know, a really dark, character-driven sort of suspense thriller, you go for uh, Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders. But if you're looking for, like, an office, like, satire, then it's head office, you know? All right, I'll keep that in mind. I love Judge Reinhold. I wish, I wish he didn't fade out. Um, but apparently, yeah, he, he said like he used to be. He said he used to be like really arrogant and stuff, and he got humbled at at some point during one movie. Like he learned too late. I'm paraphrasing, but I something like that happened. Was um, it like Doctor Doolittle Three or something? Or maybe. I haven't seen it. But we've yeah. seen this movie. Yeah, so it is the 20th anniversary of Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders. Um, trying to bring this back to track. Um, so we're doing this. Um, we did, obviously, a couple weeks ago, Return to Zombie Island. Um, I think this is probably a much better movie by comparison. It doesn't make me want to kill myself, so I would say that's already better off in my book. I'm not sure about yeah, yours. I, I've seen this movie approximately twice. The first time when it came on TV, and then the second time we watched <laughs> together i think a year sorry. ago approximately twice yes <laughs> and he very exact yeah. now this one um i've grown to appreciate more as i've grown as an adult i always liked witch's ghost the most um i didn't really watch it as i said last year i didn't watch zombie island too much because it scared the shit out of me but i think i liked cyber chase better than this one and um, as a kid, and I guess that tracks out because Cyber Chase has a slightly better rating than this one on IMDb, so this is the lowest rated of the um, big four direct-to-video movies, so it'll be interesting to um, see what other people's takes are on this compared to the other four. I, I liked Cyber Chase better as a kid, but I think now this one is obviously the better one. The problem is with the, the, the four original Scooby-Doo animated films is that you know, each one got just decreased in quality slightly. 
So by the fourth one, the fourth one isn't bad, Cyber Chase. It's just eh, kind of hit a bottom there. You start off really high with Zombie Allen and then everything in between. I guess yeah. the, the thing that sticks out to me with this one, besides being the one with aliens, is that it follows that like Scooby-Doo formula while also having like a Zombie Island-esque real threat in it. Mm. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Um, well, that was Witch's Ghost, too. Yeah, well, technically technically speaking, though... <laughs> well, it is um, following with the tradition. Like, these yeah. things are all blending together at this point for me. I keep getting dragged in to watch Scooby-Doo films. I, I don't even know which one we're on anymore. <laughs> they're, they're our highest-rated videos, so we're going to fucking keep doing them as long as people keep watching them. Before we started recording, Andrew was, like, threatening us, saying he was going to make us watch the Boo Brothers, and I honestly was, like, doing a double, like, take, like, is that the one we're watching tonight? Yeah. <laughs> I do notes on the wrong one. Yeah. Well, and but going back to Jacob's point about um, where um, about the you know going kind of back to formula of this one, um, yeah, the big bad guys in the end are revealed to be monsters and masks, and you know that's not the case for the other three. Now, technically speaking, the initial mystery in Witch's Ghost is a guy in a mask, but the actual villain of the movie, you know, Sarah Ravencroft and then Ben Ravencroft are really, you know, magical, so it gets by on that. I mean, the entirety of Cyber Chase and Zombie Island, all the threats are real, so I can see where um, this one, especially with it going back to the bad guys being, you know, literally people in masks, is a little bit of a decrease, you know, and then, oh, and then the twist is the girlfriend is an alien. Like, that's the only thing that kind of, like, takes this away from being a, you know, 70-minute um, two-part episode of, like, the original show. Remind me. Slightly bigger budget. Remind me. What happened in the cyber chase again? Well, you'll find out next year when we do it for that film's 20th anniversary. I don't think I'll uh, be here. Was I think that... I had a scheduling conflict. <laughs> That's the one where they got sucked into a video game. So technically, it's not supernatural as much as just a late '90s, early 2000s movie of understanding of how technology works. It's a literal computer virus brought to life. So that one kind of you know doesn't have supernatural elements either. But at least it's a real, super, real creature with superpowers. It's not a guy in a mask. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah, but we'll—I mean, it was created by the one guy, but we'll get and into they, that. And uh, they—and they thought that this was a good plot for a Scooby-Doo film. Yeah, it's the only one of the four that's on Blu-ray. So, Cyber like, Chase. They, yeah, they chose to upgrade that to Blu-ray. I saw that at Best Buy a couple years ago, and I'm like, really? Cyber Chase is the one that we decided to put the Blu-ray treatment to. And you spit on it. Yeah. I guess Did it is the cutting-edge one. No. I actually do like what the aliens look like in this. Yeah, they're broccoli headed, but they're cool. Yeah, it's kind of got kind of freaky looking. I like it. Yeah, they remind me of the um. Pow- There's a Powerpuff Girls episode where like vegetables come to life, like and like the ki- none of the kids in the town want to eat their vegetables, and like you know they finally like all the like the adults are turned into like vegetable creatures, so like they have to eat like the the like mutated vegetables and all that and it was like a weird moral but like the main bad guys are broccoli head monsters and i always thought they looked like these guys i uh 
Yeah, I actually think the fake aliens look better than the real ones at the end. Yeah, I mean, the real aliens just, like, the one looks just but like, I guess... you know, your typical, um, like, gray-headed alien, and then they try and make the other one look bird-like or lizard-like, but, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. I guess that's the point, but we'll, we'll get to it. I do have to say, I do like the, you know, as appreciating more, I do like the backgrounds in this, and I think that's why I now like Cyber Chase the least, is because they don't, you know, there's not really, oh, and there's that guy in the um, overalls, he's in um, Witch's Ghost, he's one of the people at um, Oak Haven, he's become like, I guess, like a reoccurring background character in the series, like he's become like an inside joke, um, in What's New Scooby-Doo, they have like a website where people hate them, and it shows like people like dissing mystery ink and he's one of the people on the um chat page that's actually pretty funny yeah um but i you know going back to what i was saying um cyber chase you know you don't get these great backgrounds that you did in the first three of the new orleans swamps in the first one you know new england and autumn and the second one and then you know the desert landscapes in this you know cyber chase they have like you know every two three minutes you're getting a new um background you know you're getting a new setting so i like you know i'm appreciating now this one gets more breathing room much like the first two well this this was the last of the traditionally animated scooby-doo movies right i believe so that might be why cyber chases on blu-ray that they might um have just mm -hmm. been able to up resin quite easier than this oh that makes sense yeah. but you know I, it still, it still feels cinematic at this point, or maybe yeah. that's too big of a word to use here. It feels like a movie plot versus just like a extended television episode, like the last Scooby Doo film we watch. Yeah. Well, and that's oh, the, yeah. when when I when I said yeah, like this felt like a two parter. I didn't mean like um, I didn't mean it like it actually was a plot. I just was referring to. Um, the fact that it was a monster in a mask or a person in a ma monster mask again but yeah no it still feels you know as close to cinematic as um scooby-doo really has gotten i know we've had several theatrical movies but i would rather watch this than scoob to say lightly and then the live action ones are technically not the same thing so hey i hate to uh i hate to interrupt but we should we have the subtitles on now oh there's no subtitles on this i illegally downloaded this sorry Oh, okay. Maybe just cut that last part out then. Okay, yes. continue. <laughs> no, I'll leave it. Uh, oh, so this is the this is the Scooby Doo recreation of the communion. <laughs> I'm thinking it's the Scooby Doo recreation of the um, what was that Christopher Walken movie where he gets abducted by the aliens? And it's like that really weird trippy movie. The communion. Oh, that was it. That was it. Oh, fuck! Okay. I didn't know what the name of the movie was. I've just seen those clips divorced of context from the movie. I actually watched that whole movie, The Communion, in high school. How was it? It's what like Christopher Walken's like naked and he's walking amongst these aliens that look like they're like, they actually look like lawn ornaments. Um, and he gets probed by aliens. I just remember, you know, they stick the probe up his, uh, up his ass and he's just muttering, kill you, kill you. It's very trippy, just that scene alone. I'm sure the movie's great, but like the scene alone is just trippy, and I love watching it every night before bed. It's um, You know what it is? It reminds me of uh, Jack Nicholson in The Shining watching that movie, because the second Christopher Walken comes on screen, you're like, that guy is 
crazy, which I guess did not sit well with Whitley Stryber, the original author. Well, there you go. Um, So, no, we didn't see this old man get um, a probe shoved up his ass, though. I think that might be in the X-rated cut. Maybe they cut that out. I don't know. So, um, yeah. yeah. They'll include that deleted scene on the eventual Blu-ray release. Um, one thing that's of note with this one is this is the last outing as of Mary Kay Bergman as um, Daphne. You know, after you know she um, tragically um, committed suicide after they wrapped this. So and then afterwards she's been replaced um, and still is being done by Gray Delisle. So you know this is um, also a sad movie in that respect. I like Gray Delisle, but I've always liked um, Mary Kay Bergman's Daphne a little bit better. It's very sad. Yeah. Yeah, well, this movie so I guess dedicated they had just finished recording her lines. Yeah. That's, like, the interesting thing. Like, a lot of movies, yeah. like, I grew up with, um, animated movies, I grew up with, like, these voice actors were just, like, dying off in the middle of it. Like, I know the Jetsons movie, George, o- or George O'Hallen, um, who played, you know, George Jetson, died, like, partway through making, so they had to have, like, a sound to, like, come in, and it was the same thing, like, with Mel Blanc. Like, both of them, like, died, like, one died while making them, Mel Blanc died, like, right after they finished filming. It's like all these classic voice actors just dying as the movies end, and then you have to be reminded of, you know, mortality. It's like, oh, wow, that Scooby-Doo movie was fun. Dedicated to Barry Kate Bergman. Eh, brought the mood down. At least they're, you know, it's le- it's not a well, tragic got- suicide. It's, you yeah. know, they're getting older, and it's oh, yeah. there's natural causes. And it's still sad. Well, with the Jetsons movie, I'll actually, I need to, um, they did at the end of the credits, it was dedicated to George O'Hallen. So I guess Mel Blanc died a little bit later, but they had um, Don Messick, who was the voice of um, Scooby, the original voice of Scooby, but he was also the voice of Astro, do um, one final line of, I love you, George. And it's like, aw, that, that's touching. And then he died. Well, yeah, at least we got dude, Frank Welker. You know, keeps on trucking. It, that, his, I mean, middle name is reli- his middle name is Reliable. He's, he's still around. He's got to be, like, the last of the classic um, Good old voice Frank. actors. Now, I know he wasn't, like, you know, doing this back in the 40s, but, like, you know, he's... <laughs> <Are> you sure? <laughs> How old was he when he first like. started voicing Fred? He was, like, our age. He was in his mid-20s. Oof, that means he was younger than me. Um, you know, mid to late twenty something like that, but um, yeah, so he's been around. So I mean, yeah, he wasn't doing it in the forties, but like up like the classic Hanna Barbera um, voices. I I think the original Daphne and Velma are still around, but they're not acting. I think um I think Velma's now like a like talent agent. Like she like um, gave up on acting um, shortly after like the original couple series were done. Oh wow. Yeah, and actually her and um, my one Scooby-Doo tidbit is her and the original voice of Daphne were roommates, and I think it was the voice of Velma got Daphne the role. I, yeah, because, no, there was two different Daphnes in the original series, and when the first one left, and then they needed a new one for season two, she's just like, hey, my roommate could probably do it. So Velma and Daphne were lesbians, I'm assuming, in real life. That's how I like to imagine it. I mean, why not? Daphne didn't have much of a personality in that yep. in that original. Well, show. That was Beth half is... the fun. Same yeah. thing with Fred. 
well, it's that's not the that's characters. What... It's projecting onto the characters, yeah. like all great writing. So. <laughs> well, that's the reason why Fred and Daphne would often disappear to go look for clues by themselves. You know, that's where the you know the dirty joke of oh yeah they were going to look for a place to have sex or whatever. It was just like the writers didn't know what to do with the two of them. Like they're like uh, okay let let's get them out of the fucking way so we could do more funny shit with you know Shaggy and Scooby and you know and Velma will find clues. Like they it's like they. They were unsure what to do with that many people, and I guess that's why so many instances in the 70s and 80s, they lost a couple of the teammates. I sometimes think that that's like, the, that's half the fun with watching Scooby-Doo when you're older, is projecting meaning into where there is a vacuum of such. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, it's such a straightforward, simple concept. So, you, you know what are fred and daphne doing or like oh is shaggy a pothead and that's why he eats so much you know yeah no i mean this the series is all surface but it's fun just to add stuff to and it's that's thing you don't see too much with the other series and like i know people you know do the joke oh the jetsons to post-apocalyptic apocalyptic world and blah 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 but it's like you don't hear the fan theories for nearly as uh, much as you do with this show compared to other things we grew up with simple popular in surface so you got lots of ways to uh to project your own ideas into it yeah. and again it goes to show you it's like what we said last time around it's like the franchise is now 50 plus years old you know they've um, been doing something every year mm-hmm. for the last 20 plus years and you know the 90s was really the only dry spell they had with scooby-doo and i blame that mostly on um the rise of Cartoon Network that they're just like, oh, we just can keep rerunning the old, same old shit we have. We don't need to make new stuff. So then you know, they realize maybe we can make new stuff. And then you had the 70s and 80s, which were pretty much the dark times. Yes, yeah, it's, fu- it's funny. The decade where they made nothing it was, was a... better than those decades where they were making probably the most stuff they had, did um, before like the 2000s. It, it was a mess. Kind of reminds me of now almost, where it's. I don't want to. I don't know if it was directionless. It was just. At least the quality itself wasn't. wasn't particularly good. I mean, you. I mean, actually, no. You have Mystery Inc. That show that came out several years ago. That's. But it's like. It's like kind of like what we were talking about with the last movie. Um, you know, it's like almost like a pick your poison sort of thing where, you, you know, it's pretty directionless in the 80s stuff, and it's clear they didn't really get what the appeal of the show was, but it's very creative and out there, so it's interesting to analyze, I guess. But then, like, the new stuff is, I guess, more true to the concept with quotes on that, but um, on the same token, it's kind of bland and homogenized. And I mean, I think it just comes down mm-hmm. to effort. Like, if, you know... Um... As much as I liked Reluctant Werewolf and Boo Brothers growing up, I can acknowledge they're not the best thing. So, like, yo, that's one when they're doing, oh, the monsters are real, but, like, Zombie Island isn't, and Witch's Ghosts aren't great because it's just because the monsters are real. It's, like, they're decent stories. So it's I think it's just a you know, amount of effort that needs to be put in. You can tell a really good Scooby-Doo story where they're just solving a straight-up mystery where it's a person and a mask. You can tell a really good Scooby-Doo story where... The monsters are real, and you know, on the same flip side, you can tell really shitty Scooby-Doo stories where the monsters are real, or where it's just a guy in a mask. It's not an inherent one idea is superior to the other. So I think it's just sometimes they get complacent. So, you know, we might just be in the 
same place where we were in the 70s and 80s where they're churning shit out. They don't really care nearly as much as the quality because kids are still going to watch it. You know, yeah, you had Mystery Incorporated, but that's like the high watermark that, you know, it'll take a while to get to again. And I don't, and I don't think really after these four, you know, from what I know of the Scooby community, you know, confess to be a Scooby aficionado, but like, it, you hear people talk about the first couple ones, then what's new Scooby-Doo, and then nothing, 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 then Mystery Incorporated, and then nothing, nothing, nothing again. So, uh, Scooby-Doo, where are you? The, no. Pop name Scooby. Uh, what's the kid one called? Yeah. There's Pop a hand, Scooby-Doo. Yeah, there's a handful that, like, that one is pretty good. are elevated. And it's like, yeah, you have your the original Where Are You show, then you have... I don't think, you know, too many people hold the 70s and 80s and hot regard then you had Pop Name Scooby-Doo and then the for really only Zombie Island gets held up very much like I, you know, by anyone, you know, the other three of these ones um, are like, but nowhere near as much and then I think part of I think the only reason why people talk about what's new Scooby-Doo is the fucking theme song. That's the best theme song they've had since the original one. I, uh, this may sound hypocritical, but I, you know, I don't want to say that we're putting the other stuff, the, the, like, the shows, like, What's New Scooby-Doo and, um, like, the Zombie Island on too much of a pedestal so much as, you know, I think there's charm to be taken from a lot of different incarnations. Like, the 70s crossover Scooby-Doo is, like, corny, but it's got, like, there's some charming elements. I mean, there's a reason people still talk about Scooby-Doo crossovers to this day. It's like watching an animated variety show, almost. Oh, it's yeah. kind of got that feel to it. You know, mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I think that, you know, I think there's charming elements to take out of all. Even, like, some of the 80s stuff, I watched that, and it's like, I can appreciate sort of the weird ideas and creativity that went into it. I was like, you know, now I guess it's a bit more true to the characters, and focuses in on them a little bit more and the current movies and stuff. But on the same token, it feels a lot more just like homogenized and formulaic. Um, But I I think there's, you know, I can appreciate elements from all the different eras and incarnations of the character. There's certainly some that are written better than others. I, I don't think anyone would argue that, but on the same token, you know, there's like a breadth of, it's like, it's like comic books almost, you know? Even, yeah. like, bad comics are sort of interesting in a weird way. Well, and that's the thing. I think we said um, last time or, around when we did Return to Zombie Island that that's the first thing I've ever seen of Scooby-Doo where I'm like, oh, I don't, let me, I, uh, I don't like this. Let me rephrase it real quick. Where I, I mean, like, long-running comics, like Superman or Spider-Man or something. There's a lot of bad eras that, like, at least there's interesting elements to analyze in it, if that makes any sense. I would agree with that. Yeah, it does. Um now switching back to the actual movie um, instead of just overall the Scooby franchise, um, we just passed by with them Scooby and Shaggy meeting um, Crystal and Amber, I believe is the dog's name, and the other the you know girl the romantic interest for Shaggy and Scooby in this one, and we just had their um, really the only red hairy moment as um, Jake would call it um, when you see the alien gear in the back of their car that. Um, Shaggy and Scooby stupidly believe um, is camera equipment, but um, I think they were a nice addition to the um, to the movie, and it's sad that we've never seen them again. Like, I know, obviously, spoilers, they go back to space, but 
you know, fuck it, why can't we bring him back? Um, you know, that's the thing you see where it's always a little difficult when they add a fifth, and in this case, um, or, or, sorry, a sixth and, and seventh, in this case, member to the team um, for the movie. I think it works, you know, well in um, Witch's Ghost and um, Zombie Island. You have the people with them interacting, but I think maybe because these people turn out not to be evil, it just feels a little nicer, and it works out where it's like, you, you really feel, it's, I think it's a well-written um, relationship. You really feel that Shaggy's in love, and, you know, as we're coming up now to the musical number, which, you know, I give props to Scott Innes for being able to sing very well as Shaggy. That's impressive when cartoon characters' weird voices can sing. Shaggy does not have a good track record yeah, with Yeah, She... She didn't kill him or anything that we know of. Whatever happened to her? She was never seen again. She was never. I was going to say again. she wasn't around uh, long. Left her in, in Transylvania after the the, what was it? The werewolf Wacky derby races. race. Yeah, they need to bring her back. You know, if they can bring back the plaid shirt guy, like, could you imagine like if they had like her on the thing too? Ninth Gate didn't have quite as much supernatural stuff as I expected. Much like you know a lot of the later Scooby Doo movies. But you know, it actually was very subtly done. I really like that. You know, so you, you don't like, really, you don't really. By the end, you realize there's there's something going on, and it's more about the man's obsession. You know what I mean? So, did you like Ninth Gate more than you did Return to Zombie Island? I did. All right. Yeah, no, this song is, I think, really good. Um, I I like the visuals of it. It feels a little bit more nineties-y, like they're doing like you know the traditional animation. It feels like a little bit more, and obviously their designs. You know, you just saw Fred um, and Daphne and their original designs and all that. Um, it kind of almost reminds me of the animation from um, Scooby Doo and Arabian Nights. It feels like they gave um, this to like their like B team, like do this as quickly as possible, but still charming. I've never watched Scooby Doo uh, Arabian Nights. And I'm kind of regretting that I just said that out loud here now. Because now we're going to do it. Um, yeah, we'll do it for the 25th anniversary. What? Yeah. I won't be here for that. I think yeah. I have a scheduling um, conflict. No, I mean, this this whole sequence is just charming. I can't say it enough. I like it. And again, like, I give props. Like, you, you see it, like, Tom Kenny can really do it well as SpongeBob in, like, all those musical episodes. It's impressive when... You take a voice that was not necessarily designed to be able to sing well, and then they can pull it off. I agree. That's actually uh, that's a real that takes a, a real talent. Yeah. Yeah. What's the voice actor's name? Scott Innes. Can you imagine him just his reaction upon reading the script when he finds out he has to sing? He's like twenty five years of voicing this character. Now they want me to sing. When Tom Hanks was cast for the first Toy Story, when they asked him, and he's like, like, oh, this is going to be a Disney movie. He's like, you're not going to have me sing, right? I'm not going to sing. And then they're like, no, 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 no. And then, like, in the second one, he has to sing the You Got a Friend in Me for the um, segment when they show Woody's Roundup, like the TV show. So I guess they had to convince him to sing for that one. I guess that was a little more, yeah, it was a little more well, subdued. It was supposed well, to be sort but, of a hokey But still, video. but um, he, 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 it was the very same thing where it's like, I don't want to fucking sing. Like, I'm not doing this to sing. So uh, good on Scott Ennis that he could, him and others can pull I, that off well. 
Maybe it's what made him start smoking. I heard Tom Hanks is a heavy smoker. <laughs> I actually don't know I heard that, so... You heard the fake news here first, I don't first, know if it's folks. true, but I like to think it is yeah. because that's like his one flaw. That way, we just had the, we just had the red hair. <laughs> that's his one flaw. With the chef potentially being the suspect. This one, I will say, has the most fucking red herrings out of, I think, all four of these movies. I mean, Cyber Chase, you could say all... The, the, there's um, four humans. All four of them are, um, I guess... Um, you know, potential suspects with one of them being guilty, but it just feels like this one they were really trying to hammer. And who could it be? Is it Crystal and Amber? Is it you know this crazy old man? Is it the um, is it the chef? Is it the you know? In a minute, we'll deal with the whole um, tow truck driver. Is it him? It's like they were really fucking trying to be like, who could it be? Yeah, yeah. kind of makes got, it like, more interesting though. Well, I mean, the yeah, thing, though, is, uh, like, when you're doing with the chef, particularly, it's, like, he has, like, two lines. It's very weird, like, you know, oh, I wonder if it could be him. That's, like, you never get the feeling, or I didn't get the feeling that ever could be him. I've had more of a feeling, oh, could it be Crystal Namber when I first oh, watched this, oh. or could it be, um, the whole bit. We're, uh, we're on the scene where Shaggy dresses up like Ron Howard. <laughs> <laughs> like zoinks i'm gonna direct apollo 13 <laughs> talking uh is it happy days ron howard eh, kind of yeah was it yeah american graffiti which is appropriate because both those shows were on at the same time give or take he was on happy days right i did like a double yeah. take and i so was like, like yeah that was the show okay. yeah that, yeah which I love, by the way, Ron Howard moment um, when they did like the an, an anniversary like reunion for um, the Andy Griffith show. They were asking them all, "It's like, oh, what's changed since he did the show originally?" And Don Knotts says, "We don't call him um, Opie anymore. We call him Mister Howard." <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the scene where Fred kicks down the car and he's yeah. and it smashes on this guy. <laughs> this is this is where he goes all uh, all bad cop on him. Bad lieutenant. <laughs> I was about to say he's got his bad lieutenant. Oh, could you imagine Harvey Keitel playing Fred? <laughs> and, and one intense Fred. He's got the wig. <laughs> and it's live action too, and it's just like it's with like the cast who um played them in those live action like made for T V movies, like we're you know, with Robbie Amell playing Fred. So it's just him and then a bunch of twenty year it would be like pup named Scooby Doo again. <laughs> I was going to say, the age difference wouldn't be that much of a stretch after Pup Dame Scooby-Doo. And they'd be much closer. Hey, Scoob. We're going to uh, solve some mysteries? <laughs> oh, you said really fucking and really intense Fred. That reminds me, I think it was in our Zombie Island commentary when we were talking about the Three Stooges movie, and um, one of you two said that um, they originally wanted Sean Penn to play Larry, and one of you said that'd be a fucking really intense Larry. <laughs> yeah, be, that's the alpha. He'd be fucking beating the shit out of the other two. <laughs> no, like we were watching that compilation of the time the Stooges were accidentally like hurt, like really hurt while doing the the stunts. Remember that? Oh, that happened to Sean Penn. Like crew members yeah. would die. If he accidentally I, shot yeah. the pencil through his head. He oh, would have like ripped someone's jugular out. I encourage people to look that up because it's hilarious because, one, you're seeing three men in their middle age get injured horribly for our amusement. But it shows you how much of, like, professionals those men were that 
Bo falls down, breaks multiple ribs, and then stands up and completes the line and waited for them to yell cut before passing out due to the pain. What that a fucking insane. professional. Well, yeah, that's that's the era. I mean, they come from vaudeville. It's, and then, you know, the show's got to go on. Like, you have to, you know, your livelihood kind of depends on performing like Even that. Bo's got a garden to keep. That was your livelihood. Well, fucking Luke Costello yeah. <laughs> fucking found out his baby son had drowned in his pool, and it's like, okay, I guess I still gotta go on the radio and do who's on first right now. And apparently, like, he was sobbing the entire time, just like silently sobbing. And it's like, could you imagine, like, how how was that? How difficult had that to be for Abbott to be like berating him and like going out to act as like he's fucking sobbing to continue doing these stupid jokes? I mean, that's just uh, genuinely horrific. Yeah, I mean, it, it's horrific, but it's funny to think about. I mean, the kid will be probably dead by now anyways, in reality. Um, I'm going to move on from this topic. So, this is the scene where Shaggy's talking to woman. Crystal. Yeah, Crystal and Amber. That's which right. I always um, have wondered if that was, oh, yeah. like, just as we found out they're aliens that... Um, they just took, like, what little they knew about Earth and just, like, said, oh, that must be a common name. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was a reference to, as, like, we see at the end, that they um, take their appearance of loving the 70s based on radio waves from the 70s has, have just reached their planet. So they, that's what they assume what all modern humans are like. So maybe Crystal and Amber were popular names in the 70s, and that's part of the meta joke. Well, they're more like 60s, hippies, 70s, so it'd be like yeah. the 60s. But either way, that's the that's the whole contention that, you know, and I, and I thought that was very clever when I was a kid. You know, the first time I watched this, I didn't um, suspect they were aliens because, oh, they're dressed up like it's the 60s. It's like, oh, yeah, that's just the aesthetic of Shaggy and the whole franchise. And But it, it's a very clever, and then it's like a little lampshading. It's like in the Brady movie, Brady Bunch movie, where they're making fun of, like, how... They're, it's the, ni- the 1990s, but they're still talking like the 70s and how it makes zero sense to the people who are around them. That actually is pretty clever. I can appreciate that. Well, and they did that in the um, in um, Zombie Island. They had two meta jokes about that where you know, Shaggy opens up his um, suitcase and you just see nothing but green t-shirts and like red um, pants. And then you know, like he's trimming his like goatee. He's like, ah, oh, much better. It looks doesn't look different at all. And then Fred even like thinks like of putting on an ass on. It's like, nah. I I appreciate the plot orient. Uh, like the the plot oriented element to that kind of reference here because yeah. it's not just a a meta joke. It kind of informs the character. True, but it worked. Both of them still work though. Yeah, no, I I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I I like how it informs the character and the plot. It's not just an Easter egg. Yeah. And, that, and I think that's another reason why I like this one a little bit more. That the, it, I liken this almost to um, Back to the Future 3 is my favorite of the two sequels. I know I'm in the fucking minority on that one. But I like the you know simpler story and then the romance of this one. You know, Much like with you know, Back to the Future 3, it's a little slower you know, than Doc and... Um, player i get their romance you know and it's a it's nice moments you know and i yeah never really thought of shaggy having a romance like you think of all the characters he's the one that's really under him and scooby are really the only ones who haven't undergone any changes really from like the original version to now i mean velma's still kind of the same you know now and as we discussed last time they're trying to add in 
that she's a skeptic to like an insane degree but you know they've changed Fred and Daphne they've actually given them personalities but you know, Shaggy's always been constant so it's actually nice to see like oh we're gonna explore what his romance side would be like yeah, you know it's having fun with the characters and yeah. giving them something to do so it's you know there's again like a movie element to it yeah. it's, that's the yeah. thing is like you know especially when you're pumping out so many of these you want them to have a reason to exist so it just doesn't feel like a overlong episode of the show and I think having the subplot with the girl who's an alien but also loves Shaggy kind of gives it that edge I would agree right Jake yeah yeah, no, I agree. I like this movie. The music in it's really good, too. I think this is, um, if I'm not mistaken, this is the last time that Louis Febre guy um, did the music for him. I don't think he um, did Cyber Chase, or maybe he did. Oh, wait, no, he didn't it was, do it. It was already movie. starting to get stale here. Yeah. He didn't do it for Zombie Island, so I forgot he did only for three. Well, no, but I do like, mm -hmm. you know, we could, you know, um, our series running joke about the one music guy for whatever reason we've latched onto that. Um, well, it's because we can't stand it, right? <laughs> yeah, no. They uh, just no. can't take any of it. <laughs> um, I do like, yeah, I think it, actually the music is good in this one. You know, they do, ex you know, um, Lewis does do music with the, um, you know, like, I don't know if they actually used a theremin, but it sounds like they're using like theremin type instruments and it like, it does feel more in line with like a 50s B movie that you would see about alien invaders you know and they like even the marketing team and the logo team they did um you know when they had the alien invaders logo um it looks very much like what you would see on like attack of the saucer man or like some like 50s b movie like of like quality like that so it's it's a nice little you know addition to it they could have just put generic music and i know we saw you know jennifer love hewitt sang the Scooby-Doo theme song as generically as possible at the beginning of this, but the actual instrumental music that they got to do, I think, is a nice touch. Wait, Jennifer Love Hewitt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait, what? Song yeah, she, she's the one, you know, go back and listen to it with audio. She sings the during the um, chase scene with the aliens at the beginning. She's singing the Scooby-Doo Where Are You theme, which, you know, all these movies had to put in. Um, and the first one, it was done by the band who did... Um, yeah, um, it's terror time again on all the like songs and then uh, Billy Ray Cyrus did it in Witch's Ghost and I don't know if anyone of note did it in the fourth one so I, I taught you guys something you did <laughs> I Rodney Dangerfield no, no. he got it later oh we should do Rover Dangerfield you guys want to do that one We have a schedule. That's like a great out. idea for a five-second short film. <laughs> maybe, no, maybe not that long. Like, how long does it take you to read the two words "Rover Dangerfield"? That's about the joke. I feel like that movie was pitched. Like, they had a movie about a talking dog who like lived on a farm. And, like, we have to give it to like we want to give it to a celebrity. Who should it be? Like, Rodney Dangerfield, we'll call it Rover Dangerfield, and that was the sole reason they made that movie. A pun on his name. You know, I'd like to add more to this conversation. 
However, I've never taken it upon myself to research the the history and production behind Rover Dangerfield. So I can't say for sure. See, that's a movie like Rockadoodle and Iron Giant that I saw like a million times in my childhood because they aired that on the Cartoon Network like movie of the week thing like a billion times. Like they only had a handful of fucking movies and they reran them constantly. That and Cats Don't Dance. I remember seeing those movies so many times growing up. Interesting. I because I used to watch a lot of those. I don't remember them. Uh, I don't remember those specific movies. I remember uh, Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown always being on there. And then like the yeah. American Tale movies, you know, the Scooby-Doo ones obviously were very popular. Yeah. It's actually weird. I remember one time seeing um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit on it, which it's like, how the fuck did they get that one? That's a Disney movie. Much like how I said I once saw Beetlejuice and Super Mario Brothers on Disney Channel. Sometimes, I guess, in the early 2000s, they did weird fucking programming like that. I nodded. <laughs> oh, Jacob, describe your action oh, figure well, for us. What do you have I actually dug up an old shaggy action figure from Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders. Um, it's a Burger King toy. Burger King toy, right? You, uh, you push the button on his back and all of his limbs come off. Um, so you can recreate the scene where the aliens violently rip all of Shaggy's appendages off in this film. Yep. Yeah, Burger King got um, yes. this movie and Mars Attacks confused when they were designing the toys, I think. And see the look of <laughs> that, yeah, that's the just look of terror terror in Shaggy's face. Wait, hold that. And oh my screenshot on that will be the thumbnail for the movie video. <laughs> I knew I kept this for some horror. reason. I'm like, we're all just dust in the wind, guys. Death and life is meaningless. <laughs> I guess that's what Casey Kasem was saying when they were um, pulling the plug on him. Oh, I thought you were going to say when he no. was doing no. a pup named Scooby. My joke was even worse. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Actually, he didn't oh, say anything when he was dying because he was in a vegetative state, I believe. It was like Terry Schiavo, except just with the voice of Shaggy. Yeah, you guys remember Terry Schiavo? Honestly. That's a reference. I I was gonna say no. Um, I'm gonna make some baby. Who, wait, who is Terry Schiavo? <laughs> that was like a big case um, where her um, it was like a dispute about like right to life. Like she was brain dead, and her husband wanted to like pull the plug. Okay. And because in the United States we don't have euthanasia, that just means letting them like cutting off food and water, so letting them some someone die of dehydration. And her parents didn't want to, or it was one way or the other. One of them was fighting for it, one of them wasn't. And, like, it went all the way to the Supreme Court. It was a big thing, like, in 06. Okay. But anyway, maybe, back to maybe the I should have just pretended that I knew. <laughs> didn't bring it. may not be the appropriate <laughs> subject. I thought, I... Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> um. Oh, shit. Shit's getting real. They just pulled guns out. They're going to bust a cap in Scooby and Shaggy. That's why he's looking existential. He's about to get caught through draft dodging. 
draft dodging oh, 30 God, years ago. in Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They should do a Vietnam-themed episode where Fred and Fred and Shaggy get dragged oh, to Vietnam. Then Scooby like wants to That's be with like Shaggy. That's like the uh, again goes back to what we're saying how there's so many fan theories about this show. That is one of them. That the two of them were drafted and they were draft dodgers, and that's why they're constantly on the run. And you never see their home base in the original show. And it's like I don't think that's what um, Ruby and Spears had in mind when they were fucking. Um, coming on. They weren't saying they were fucking draft dodgers. I always figured it was like a light hippie implication. <laughs> or it's just funny because they're kids yeah, solving mysteries just... and there's not much else to it. Yeah, Again, it's all surface level. Yeah, it's, it's all like, just you know, projecting onto it. Yeah. Who is Fred? You look behind the eyes it of Fred funny. and you see nothing but a void. And that's the fun. <laughs> I do like the idea, though, of his number being up, but he just gets a van and gets the hell out of there, just in his very even-toned way. His well, dad was okay. That, and he's just, like, severely disappointed. It was like, I went, I fought in Okinawa, son. You can go over there and do this. <laughs> okay, thanks, Dad. I'm going to go head out to the gas station. I'll be right back. And that's why the van's painted like that. They had to paint over the original paint scheme, so they uh, all points bolted that was out for them wouldn't catch him. <laughs> he kidnaps the other three. Well, that, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> they always say, you know, that Daphne is his girlfriend, so she came along with, you know, Shaggy Hat was also drafted, and then, you know, Velma just kind of went with. I've heard some versions of the theory is that she was an anti-war activist, and that's why she went along with it. It's like... Again, like, you're projecting on, like, I, I didn't get radical fucking um, activists from the original Velma. Maybe a modern-day Velma, but not this one. Or not that one. No. You know, Daphne kind of dressed like uh, Dr. Sadler yeah. from Jurassic Park. I mean, it makes sense. They're in a warmer climate. You can kind of see it. Yeah. I mean, that's probably a coincidence. Yeah. I do. Oh, like we are projecting onto Scooby Doo. Um, yes. We and we talked about this when we did Witches, Ghosts, and Zombie Island. Um, I do like the updates they do to Velma a little bit. Obviously, in this one, you know, she's in um, shorts and um, a t-shirt version of her outfit. But like, you know, Fred and Daphne especially have different looks to them to more modernize them. And you know, Velma's outfit I always thought was classic. I never thought or. Um, I should say timeless. I never thought it was um, dated. And then, you know, Shaggy with his bell-bottom pants and all that, you know, that's just, you know, you keep the character loving the 60s. You know, it works perfectly for him. They're wearing definitely more modern clothes. Yeah. And you especially have to do it for this one, for the joke at the end, where they point out that no one dresses like it except for Shaggy and Scooby. Or, well, Scooby doesn't dress like the 60s, but he likes the 60s. Scooby's collar has never gone out of style. Yeah, the only time it's ever been changed is for um, Cyber Chase when they did the palette swap. Because they're like, oh, he has never ch dressed any differently on this show. We all know this is like just scrappy <laughs> grown up. Uh. Scooby keeps dying over the years. 
whenever they get scrappy, that's just, they just keep him so he can grow into, and they just call him Scooby when he grows up and then he dies and they get another scrappy. It just goes on and on and on. They're just horribly uncreative with names. So that's like the bad timeline right there. So like two years after Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, you know, Matthew Lillard is like crying as they're Marley and me and Scooby at the vet. See, that'd make a good third movie is that they got to train <laughs> the evil Scrappy to become the new Scooby. They're just beating the shit out of him, like, you know, and like lobotomizing him so he gets like the voice <laughs> impairment. I just want to imagine Fred doing all these things. Okay, Scrappy. <laughs> don't say I didn't warn you. Come out back with me. This is like electrocuting him with a car battery. He's like, what's your name? Scrappy. No, it's Scooby. <laughs> Gee, gang, I don't think it's working. It's like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> Velma, do we have the voltage? <laughs> I don't know, Fred. <laughs> oh, this is great. It's got to be like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Then at the end, Scooby's just totally fried. And then Shaggy comes and just kills him. <laughs> lifts the drinking fountain off and just throws it out the wall. Oh, God. And he escapes. So, no, just imagine Fred dressed as Nurse Ratchet then. <laughs> God. I prefer to think that the the guy who escapes at the end is Scooby Dumb. <laughs> Scooby Dumb Mercy kills his nephew. Oh, no, Shaggy's definitely no. the Brad Dorf character oh, when he God. commits suicide. I actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah he's definitely I, Scooby. I mean, Shaggy. I actually um, had an idea for a film in college I wanted to do called One Flew Over the Mystery Machine, and it was going to be about Shaggy at a mental institution. <laughs> and, so, like, the whole thing was it would open up with them solving a mystery, and it would be a guy dressed up in a Scooby-Doo costume, and then it would cut to everyone else's perspective, and it was just Scooby or Shaggy talking to a regular dog. And like, you know, they check him into a mental institution because they're like, you know, listen, we were stoned for a long time. We just thought he was dr drugged out of his mind, but no, he's actually crazy. And it would be a whole movie about Shaggy losing his grip on reality. Well, was how are you going to pull no. out the Scooby Doo effect? No, it was going to just be like, it was going to be film. like Will, that show Wilford. It was going to be a guy in a Scooby-Doo costume, just like talking. That's actually kind of funny. Oh, okay. When I had like, the, my idea was it ended with like Scooby-Doo's personality took over Shaggy and he murdered a bunch of attendants and it was just going to end with um, Shaggy in like the psych ward and like it slowly would dolly in on him with the guy who, I, my buddy could do a really good Scooby impression and we had him do it a couple times, this line read to see if it would work. And it would just be um, Mrs. Bates at the end of Psycho, like her speech at the end of Psycho, saying like he, he wouldn't even hurt a fly. But just like, imagine it's like we wouldn't even hurt a fry, really. And just that just ends with Shaggy smiling like Norman Bates. And it is my deepest regret I did not make that movie in college. Now maybe we'll make it now in quarantine. Jake, you can be Daphne. Yeah, at least you get to be the sexy one, Jake. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm flattered, actually. Oh, and J- Jacob, for your thing, it was going to be Red Herring was the doctor. Oh, that was going to be a reference. It would have been like Dr. Red I, Herring. I refuse to play him unless he's by his proper name, Red Harry. <laughs> I like, always like that shot. You know, like they, that was good shadow work on their face. So, but yeah, we've ne- we've now talked over the climax of the movie almost, uh, where the bad guys are revealed. Yo, this is like we said. You know, the actual bad guys aren't aliens. So, oh yeah, the guy oh, on the yeah. far left is Mark Hamill. Interesting trivia: Mark Hamill is an actor. He was at he was in Zombie Island as well. He um he oh, yeah, that's snake right. bite scrubs or scrugs. They couldn't afford him for the return to Zombie Island. Oh yeah. And now this had a good voice cast. He was also in Village of the uh, Dam. This had a good voice cast. Keith David was the voice, they're the voice of the aliens when um, they're in the costume. Now I don't know how any of them sounded like Keith David, but whatever. We should recast Scooby Doo with just actors Keith that David? were in Village of the Dam. <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Reeves, Kirstie Alley. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, during the chase scene, just, like, Christopher Reeves, I'm assuming, is playing Fred, just wheeling down the hallway through the, like, hall corridor of doors? Yeah, I was about to say Christopher Reeves would have made a good, uh, would have made a good Fred when he was younger, yeah. but, like, slash, slash I suppose talk. it's not the yeah. hardest role in the world to play. He's got this the square jawed looks to to really to really embrace it. You know what I would love to see? Do like an Evil Dead crossover at Scooby Doo and just Ashes in Fred's place. He's just flirting with Daphne. That would have been a great seventies episode of Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo meets the Evil Dead. Um, yeah. I'm bl- yeah, they go I'm to blanking the on the name of it, but they did a um, in the like mid two thousands. I'm blanking on the name. I'll put it up on the screen. But they did a um, a parody of the seventies crossover ones, like the Scooby Doo movies, where they're go- hanging out with Gary Coleman and they go to like the um, hotel and it's ran by David Cross and like Big Bad Voodoo Daddy is also there as well. So I would actually I would seriously watch a remake of the new scooby-doo movies with like modern day celebrities i know they have like cameos now in these new ones i've had john cena a couple years ago but like but done in the style of the 70s one like that where it's cheesy as hell have the laugh track again it would be great and then well they did uh on the show batman the brave and the bold they did kind of a parody slash tribute to those uh those episodes where Batman and Robin teamed up with Scooby-Doo and it wasn't the movie that they did then they did an episode that was animated in the style of the old show yeah Yeah, that was a good one Um, that was a very good one because that was oh yeah that was the one where it ended where Batmite changed reality so they could actually have fighting in Scooby-Doo and it just ends with Scooby and Shaggy just beating the crap out of the Joker and the Penguin with their bare fists (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was that show was so funny. Yeah. I, I I like when they do meta stuff with that. Yeah, it was and like, great. You know, explore the um, characters a little bit. Um, I well, did you guys see Scooby Natural, the Supernatural crossover? I yeah, I think you showed it to yeah, us. Yeah, you showed us. Yeah, I love that because like I love the moment when they they realize because like they get beamed into a Scooby Doo episode and then the ghost follows the two brothers in, and it like kills someone and they're freaking the hell out. 
And, like, Shaggy and Scooby are pissed off. Like, see, we told you ghosts are real. You wouldn't believe us for years, but we told you. Like, they're pissed off. Velma's, like, having an existential crisis that, like, her logic is wrong. Fred is pissed off. He's like, I've spent my life getting fighting men in masks. We could have been fighting Dracula. What is this? And then Daphne, for some reason, is like, wait, if that means there's an afterlife, that means there's a heaven. And if there, that means there's a heaven, there must be a hell. Oh, my God, I might go to hell. And it's like, what did Daphne do? It was great, though. I love it. Everyone should watch that. Even if you don't like Supernatural, just watch that episode. Uh, I'll, I'll clue you in. Just watch the Scooby-Doo stuff. Everything yeah. else is terrible. Yeah, it's Supernatural. Like, and even then, they had I liked the one episode of Supernatural that I saw. Which I think. was that one? Yeah, I fought the a Scooby-Doo Yeti. One. Which one was that? I mean, I think the earlier seasons are, like, the better ones. I honestly have seen... I've only seen one episode. This is, like, the last season. They're doing a crossover for the witch. Could you imagine, though, if they didn't, um, like, reveal to them that they were aliens and they just kind of, like, went off with them and they became a permanent part of the series and they never addressed the fact they were aliens again? That'd be great. (laughs) That's actually... That's kind of funny. And going back to my favorite show of all time, Sleepy Hollow, they actually did that when they had a crossover with the show Bones in its last season. And like they, they were very careful to make sure the cast of Bones didn't see anything supernatural in the show, but I wish they would have done that where with a supernatural like show crossing over and then they'd never address it. Um, be like, you know, every now and then be like, hey, remember that time we fucking fought a demon? Okay, we can go back to the regular murder now. That would have been great. I mean, in fairness, that is kind of what the Scooby-Doo gang can do now because they mostly just fight normal criminals in costumes. Then once in a while, there's been a demonic entity thrown in there. Fair point. So those, that four times in the 90s where we had, in early 2000s, where we fought actual monsters. Oh, and then Shaggy went off and did a bunch of weird, wacky races things with <laughs> vampires, but... To be fair, we're not sure if that was, like, a bad trip that he took. Well, that's the thing. It's, like, they they sometimes will establish there actually is a continuity in these movies and sometimes in the series, and sometimes there isn't. It's whatever the fuck they feel like. Which is you know, how like it with, should be. Yeah. Like, with this, you know, the background guy is, you know, the same in this. Um, in Witch's Ghost, you see Ben Ravencroft is reading a newspaper that's talking about, like, the um, case at the very beginning of Zombie Island. Um, I don't think there's really any continuity between the first three and then um, Cyber Chase, but still, you know, and it's it's fun when they do it, but it's not necessary. And as we talked about last time, when you shoehorn it, it, it fucking makes it really bad. Easter eggs. Yeah. There's some Easter eggs. That's all it should be. Or needs to be, I should say. Because that's the thing, I mean, you don't ne- need to have seen Witch's Ghost or Zombie Island to enjoy this one, and vice versa. Like, they all work well on their own. You know, it's just a background actor, get, or background actor, background design gets reused a couple times, and that's it. You, then that, you know, as a kid, I enjoyed that. I could, like, I could watch these in whatever order I want. Yeah, that's what makes them cool. I just always liked, you know... I like the real monster element, not necessarily because I thought they should be fighting real monsters, but because it gave it sort of a movie edge. 
made it a, a little bit more important than your average Scooby-Doo story in that regard. Again, yeah, one, again, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, that it's like, if you do, as long as you do it right, you, that's all that matters. So in these ones, when the monster is real, they you know wrote them reasonably well, you know, in these latter two, but the first two, they wrote them very well, but, you know, the fact that the monsters are real doesn't make it well written. It's the fact it's well written is why it's good. I'm just splicing one of you saying I agree over that. <laughs> then it's settled. I like how uh, I like how um, these three criminals find out aliens are real and their first idea is let's fucking capture them using an incredibly dangerous piece of shit. They didn't know if they running that thing over would kill it or not. Could you like imagine it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna be billionaires. We found it. Oh, we killed it. I, mean, I guess a dead alien is still worth a shit ton of money. I was gonna say, it's better better have a dead alien to sell than no alien at all. True. So you would be on the side of the government of E.T., I guess. Um... Yeah, I'm not saying I necessarily agree with the morality of the villains here. I just, uh, you know, I can at least see where their motives may lie. You know, as, uh, as Jacob mentioned earlier, you know, with the captions, um, the reason there's no captions in the version we're watching, this is like a VHS rip of the version I had growing up. And one of my favorite things about this VHS is, one, it ends with the, I think, pilot for Courage the Cowardly Dog. And it's also had that trope of kids' DVDs and VHSs having ads for video games at the end. So there, I don't know what Scooby-Doo game it was, but at the end, like they have like a three-minute just like, here's the first three levels of Scooby-Doo whatever game. And I just think it's so fucking charming that that was a thing that used to be in movies. They used to make a lot more licensed video games back then. They did that in the Spider-Man 1 DVD. That's actually how I found out some of the hidden secrets for the... Um, PS2 game, so I guess it did make um, an F it did make an impact. Um, Shaggy fucking crashing into all this. Shit. It's very much like in Witch's Ghost when he's like crashing through like the fucking Puritan village at the end. Like never allow fucking Shaggy to drive. Well, he doesn't yeah, know how to drive. Home, he ditched home when he, doesn't um, have a license. he was dodging the draft before he could drive. Oh god, she just got covered in oil. Could you imagine if like Scooby like dropped a match on purpose to burn them to death? Ryu, yeah, Ryu in hell. Burn in hell. Roll witnesses. Oh, then drop the net on him. Like I said, that that's what would the would have been the um, plot of my movie. You know, Shaggy's like killing all these people because Scooby's possessing him. <laughs> there's a dark film in there. Uh, don't touch him. You'll get a, a virus and die like in War of the Worlds. <laughs> oh God, that's why. That's why she doesn't appear again. Like she her, she brings the virus back to her group of her aliens, and like you see the spaceship crash at the end. The moment Crystal stepped foot on our planet, breathed our air, drank our water, she was doomed. Doomed by the tiniest <laughs> creatures God in all his infinite wisdom put on this planet. 
midichlorians. Uh, this is not nearly as rushed as yeah. the third act of War of the Worlds. Yeah, it's a coincidence uh, we're talking about that, because I actually just finished reading the book War of the Worlds yesterday. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. They spend Pretty the first great, third huh? of the book, like, stuck in a pit, the aliens. Has anyone here, have either of you read it? I read the junior novelization, like, in third grade. No. But, yeah, I remember, like, wow, they're, they're really in this pit for a while. Yeah, most of it's they're stuck in a pit while a bunch of British guys are like, I say, do you see those strange creatures stuck in the pit in the middle of town? I love also how people in the past were so gullible. You know, like, you know, they're going to, like, the, like, um, Orson Welles, War of the Worlds, and all that, how people believed it, and, like, you know, I was i'm from western new york originally and yeah, i was reading a thing two years ago they had the fit you know they did in the 60s um their own version of war of the worlds and like people in buffalo were going like shit and like stations in canada that were picking up were going ape shit like i wonder like if cnn did that now like aliens are invading how many people would believe it like are we less oh gullible? god oh, the whole world everybody no um that's just funny it's like very british very uh the, the opening of War of the Worlds. I had my tea and crumpets while I discussed with my wife the unfortunate matter of the strange Martians stuck in the pit in the middle of town. And this goes on for like 40 pages. Oh, God. Oh, and like, um, we just passed by like Fred being the one breaking down sobbing. And that, this is when they started having a little fun with um, Fred's characteristics. He hadn't evolved into the trap mystery machine loving guy yet, but like they're having a little fun making. It. I I think these movies. Um, I saw a reviewer once say they're really making Fred the dumb one of the group in these four movies, and that makes it fun. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, and, and this is like a touching moment as we see them go. You know, it's it's sad and it's it's a nice moment when you see in the moment when we see Shaggy and Scooby kind of like looking off sad. Yeah, that was Shaggy's first kiss. Yeah. Forty-three years old. <laughs> like I don't want to go to. I don't want to die in Vietnam a virgin school. Roulette. We know Velma was jealous. <laughs> they went to the space between spaces. Not into space, but into the space between spaces. Good to have you back, Fred. Yes. <laughs> Interdimensional portal, as a matter of fact. Oh, God. I should. Why didn't I do this earlier? I think you timed it pretty well. I like okay. how they haven't bothered trying to free the two fake MPs and the other guy. It's going to be like Spider-Man 2. It's like, okay, guys, get shop class. <laughs> yes, they're <laughs> taking them apart. <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh, if, if, if you did take out the whole Crystal and Amber stuff, this would be um, just a typical plot um, to Scooby-Doo show. But you know, I think they still do, even aside from Crystal and Amber, they added enough to make it feel more c cinematic, for lack of a TV, a TV movie. Versus the show. It's got some solid animation, and some of the yeah. imagery in here is compelling in its own right with them getting kidnapped and some of the designs of the aliens. Yeah. 
I love how just jaded they're becoming to real life supernatural stuff at this point. They're just like, <laughs> aliens are real, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, at least they were friendly in this case. It wasn't demonic cat gods that probably want their souls now. <laughs> or Tim, evil Tim Curry's with magic powers. Yeah, this is the lowest stakes. And I think, again, that might be why people like this one the least is this is the lowest stakes. Like, I know they were going to be fucking dropped in a pit and murdered. But it's like, I guess if you had to, like, if I had to choose of the demise of getting my soul sucked out by a cat god or tortured for eternity by a witch, presumably, versus just being dropped out of pit and dying, I guess that one would be the one i choose. I actually, I think the stakes are good in this. I, I like that it's like, you know, it's just their lives at stake there in terms well, I of... Mean, like the, I'm saying it's like the lowest stakes that that's why people might, like, this sticks out a little bit more than the other ones where in the even in the fourth one, it's the whole world. So this is like the odd one out of these four ones. Yeah, I get you. But I it, it always felt like a real yeah. danger at the end of this yeah. movie. It, yeah, it didn't, it didn't bother me either, but... Speaking of low stakes, I just watched Lake Placid for the first time a few days ago. Talk about the nicest, most inconsequential <laughs> monster movie I've ever I, seen. I, it's been forever since I've seen Lake Placid. Isn't that the movie about the 1980 men's Olympic hockey team? Yes. <laughs> That's my joke. With Kurt Russell. And they got over that heartbreak really fucking quick. But, oh, Jesus, the, the, the van shaking and film oh, yeah. that comes out like that was a little bit more suggestive than I think they wanted to do. Don't worry, there'll be other women for Shaggy. Like Mary Jane. <laughs> like, that is my favorite name. <laughs> like, that is my favorite name. So, well, we hope you enjoyed our annual trek into the world of Scooby-Doo. We're only we're not we're never gonna do a movie like Return to Zombie Island again, so don't worry, we'll be happy from now on while we do this. Um Yes, bottom line. Uh if you like to watch Scooby Doo movies, you'll probably like to watch this movie. I give it a good B. I think this is a B for in terms of Scooby Doo movies, I should say. Right, good night. I prefer to watch the credits in silence. I want to pay respect to the hardworking women and men who have worked on this. Oh my God! You know her yeah. career was doing just fine. This was, she was in who? I mean, uh, Party of Five. I know what she did well, last. This was probably summer. a bigger deal than we're giving it credit for when it came out. I mean, it wasn't like huge, but it was you know a notable DTV release. I mean, they you know they have. Uh, they probably threw a shit ton of money yeah, at her. And true. then also, you know, she was in the age range that she this was on when she was growing up. So, you know, she liked it. Yeah, I'm sure she would have been watching Scooby-Doo yeah. Goes to Hollywood. That's what made her want to become an actress. Jeez. So. Alright, well, until next time, everybody, have a good night. Take care. I'll just dub an old good night from you, Jacob, if I have to. I think you should take the last thing I said and make that the very last line of the whole commentary. If you <laughs> like Scoop, watching Scooby-Doo movies, then you'll like to watch this movie. That should you know just what? be the, and then it should just end on that. <laughs>